Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Well, hello and welcome to My Careers Podcast, where I interview the most interesting personalities and professionals who have made amazing career changes or are leaders in their field. Now, today I'm honoured to have with me the Chief Procurement Officer of Caltex, Joanne Rossi. Joanne is one of Australia's most interesting procurement personalities with the ability to combine passion and intelligence with humility and care. She has won the Chief Procurement Officer of the Year Award, Procurement Leader of the Year, and her team was awarded the Most Improved Procurement Operation of the Year and Procurement Function of the Year. The Caltech CEO, Julian Siegel, said about her, Joanne has managed quite an amazing transformation at Caltech, changing the mindset both internally and externally of procurement, from just about buying the cheapest staplers to delivering on our company-wide strategy and creating value in partnership with our suppliers, who are now regarded as key business partners. Joanne is a very interesting lady. She's also an adventurer, a tennis player, a marathon runner, and for something completely different, holds a bachelor's degree in plastic arts from La Sabonne in Paris. So let's find out a little bit more about this amazing lady, because I'm sitting here in the Caltech's offices today, and... Joanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Welcome <laughs> to Caltex. Oh, I'm blushing to be here. Honestly, there's so much more that I could say about oh. you because your bio is phenomenal, but we'll find out all about it. But mm-hmm. I have to say, just sitting here in the Caltex office, looking over Darling Harbour, mm. it's just fantastic. Yep. So yep. great spot. So how about, yep. to kick us off, tell us a little bit about your early days. Where are you from and what yep. were your early career aspirations? Yeah, so I'm French, obviously, you can hear that with my very strong accent. So I was born in the south of France, near Marseille, and I actually lived everywhere in France. So Marseille, in Normandy, in Reims, where we make the champagne. I'm an expert in champagne. Oh, lovely. Ask me anything about champagne, I know. Um, I lived in Paris as well. And, yeah, as you said, I used to play tennis. I played on the Roland Garros courts. Have you? Yeah, when I was little, I was not not as a professional. I was the champion of Normandy Mm -hmm. for about 10 years in a row. Wow, oh, I'm in the presence of greatness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I did some interesting stuff as well. I went to a special school Mm -hmm. when I was from 10 to 14 years old, something Mm -hmm. like that. I was going to the normal school in the morning. Yes and music school in the afternoon, mm-hmm. playing violin. I played violin for about mm-hmm. 10 years as well. Mm-hmm. And then at the same period, every evening playing tennis, playing tennis every weekend as well. I think I kept, along the years, I kept that activity. I can't 
doing stuff all the time. Oh, that's amazing. So you're yeah. athletic, you're musical and creative. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that much anymore, but I think I kept the creativity side. Uh -huh. I'm always, you know, eager to find new stuff to work on, new ideas. I read a lot about a lot of things. So Sounds like you have a real natural curiosity about life and everything that life could offer as well. So when you were young and yeah. you started to think, okay, you know, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. What things were going I actually your didn't head. know what I wanted to do. I think there was a period I wanted to be a neurosurgeon just because I thought I was very good with my hands. I really liked the medical industry. I liked the principle behind it as well, like, you know, doing something good for other people, saving lives. I think it's sounded a bit cheesy, but that's something that attracted me a lot. But then I was not really sure. I think I was a bit too hectic to find just one thing to do and do always the same thing. So... That's why I chose to do the master's in business so that I could have multiple options after. And that's what I did after as well. Like I changed industries and countries and jobs along the way. I lived in, I don't know how many countries, but I lived in London, I lived in Switzerland, I lived in the States, I lived in South Africa, I lived in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So I traveled a lot. And it's funny because when I arrived in Australia, I felt different. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't belong to any countries I was before. And when I arrived in Australia, I thought, that, that's where I want to be. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to understand why, but I think I'm very attracted to all the values and how people live in Australia. Mm -hmm. There's not much past in Australia. It's quite a young country, so it's all trying to build its future. So everything is, anything is possible. You can reinvent yourself here, and I think that's... What I wanted to do, have many options and not know from where I'm coming from, sorry. People in boxes and things mm. like that. I think in, in Australia people are a lot more open to anything. You can do anything, you can be anything, you can change along the way as well. Yeah. And I people judge you for, well, they don't really judge you, but they see you for who you are now. They don't leave you into what you were in the mm. past. Mm. Yeah, I think that's probably what maybe does appeal to you as well, is because Australia being such a young country in a way, yeah. all that baggage, perhaps, yes. <laughs> is, is yeah, not yeah, dragging yeah. them down. And yeah, having experienced true. so many different countries and different cultures too, yeah. and obviously, you know, you've got a naturally very curious mindset. Yeah. Coming somewhere where it's also fresh and new, and also, I think the lifestyle here, people are very yeah. open. They're very yeah, interested yeah. and very, very welcoming. All the time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice being near, near all the beaches I too. Know. But when you think about it, though, so many people think, oh, you know, coming from Europe and especially, you know, coming from France, oh, that's so romantic and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so exotic in a way too. Yeah, they will ask but, you, why didn't you yeah. stay there? It's so fabulous. And, you know, I lived in Paris for four years. Yeah. I was working for Accenture at the time mm -hmm. on the Champs Elysees. Yeah. It's the best place to live. To me, that sounds yeah. like working on the Champs Elysees yeah. for Accenture in Paris. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And so you've had quite a lot of changes. And in your background information that I've got here, so you went to business school and then you were working part-time in order to help to pay for all of your school fees. Yes, and fees. gosh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you completed... I was working a, for Pizza yeah. Hut at night. Yeah, Pizza Hut too. Pizzas. Oh, well, yeah, there yeah. you go. You've done everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you went on to complete a Master of Science in Management yep. and you were 23 by then. And mm -hmm. then you started globetrotting. 
And yes. you worked for places such as, well, we've mentioned Accenture, but ExxonMobil, mm-hmm. Nestle, Qantas, and now Caltex. Mm-hmm. So you've not only experienced big changes in culture with countries, it's also changes in culture and environment with all the different organizations and industries that you've been in, from you know the airline industry to FMCG to management consulting, and now here at Caltex. I mean, it's really a lot of change. So you must yeah. embrace change. Yeah, I think you know, it's become one of my strengths as well is to lead change mm-hmm. in organizations. Mm-hmm. And I really like the different experiences that it gives you, the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And you can use anything you learn from somewhere else and apply it to a different industry. And that's often how you do innovation as well. You look at what the other industries are doing and you try to apply it to a different industry because you know that's not how they work. That's not the status quo. So you can bring a lot of opportunities from that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious. So... You know, I like investigating what are they doing, why are they doing that. The people as well. Mm-hmm. People are different, mm-hmm. depending on the industry as well. It sounds like you're not afraid of change. No, yeah. I actually you like embrace change. It. You yeah, embrace yeah. it, yeah. I'm always yeah. after doing things better, creating value, finding opportunities and growing along the way. You know, I'm interested to find out because, you know, this podcast is all about career transition as well and how people handle change Mm. and how they can reinvent themselves. And it sounds like you've reinvented yourself Mm. very easily. Or maybe it took a lot of hard work, but you were willing to give it a go. Because so many organizations do experience change and transformation and, you know, transformation is such a buzzword at the moment. People feel anxious, you know, when there is change. And Mm. many, many people tend to hold on to the past and the way things were and mm. when there's change it causes quite a lot of anxiety what's your view on change and transformation within organizations yeah that's a very good question because i'm doing change with my life and with myself i'm trying to grow all the time at first i didn't realize that people are not naturally like that so now my focus is to try and help people go through change live through ambiguity and things like that And the main thing I'm doing, especially at Caltex, is trying to create a culture of trust and safety nets around people so they feel safe to change. They don't feel like they're losing something and going somewhere where they don't know know, what's going to happen to them or things like that. So I'm very big on giving, empowering people so they can move away and try new things and try to innovate and feel good about that because they're creating new assets for themselves. Is that clear? Yeah, no, it is. It is. Because honestly, change is so fascinating. What would you think, what are the key qualities that are required in order to accept change and turn it into a benefit when you're actually experiencing change? I think, I don't know, it depends on people, but to me, it's about self-confidence. And that's something I've learned you know, along the years. And I think you know, the older you get, the better you get at changing as well, which is weird because sometimes you think you know all the people they don't want to change they don't want to make any effort Mm -hmm. it's about knowing yourself better Mm -hmm. and knowing that through change you're learning things you're growing so Mm -hmm. it's a good thing for you Mm -hmm. and I'm I think you are as well I'm quite fascinated by you know people and how they can actually grow and there's no limit to that there's a lot of things about that at the moment like Todd Sampson and he's you know redesigning his, your brain. I think yes. it's all, all related to that. Yeah, I think I embrace change. I find it so interesting because if everything's the same all the time, it gets a little dull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you and don't also, learn anything no, along the way. Yeah, you do always the same thing. Yeah, there's no yeah, yeah. growth. Is there? There's some security behind it though. Yeah, there's a comfort that 
you're not going to be disturbed, you're not at risk and things yeah. like that. But you know what, even if we don't want change, I can guarantee there will be change. And there's that saying, is the only constant is change. It's change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And no matter how good something is, it will change. No matter how bad yeah. something is, it will change and it will get better. So you know, yeah. like even if you're at the top of the mountain, at some stage you're going to be coming down. If you're right at the bottom, you're going to be able yeah. to go up as well. And I think it's just that attitude as well. And it's, we, it's also how you take it, because I think just using the word change or transformation, why do we make such a big deal about it? Yeah. Because everything is evolving, so... We shouldn't just point out and say, ooh, watch out, watch out, watch out, we're yeah, changing. Yeah. Be and scared. Go, and go with the flow Yes, sometimes. You know what was flow. interesting was before we started the podcast, we were talking about <laughs> the flow when we were Losing talking yourself. about your personal interests, especially in fitness. And yes. Because, Joanne, you are this amazing marathon runner and you've run the Sydney Marathon twice. <laughs> you say that, but you're way better than me. Like, I'm very impressed by your, your results in the marathon. Mutual admiration society. <laughs> We both run two marathons, for anyone who doesn't know. And it takes a lot of training. It takes determination. You need to have a certain level of fitness. And, yeah. But for me, you know, I, I was, I'm more like a fun runner. You know, I, yeah. I do the marathons because it's fun. It takes dedication and determination and You'd a lot crazy of training. No one says it's fun. Like, gosh. <laughs> you know, okay, so how did you feel when you nearly saw the finish line after yeah, yeah. your first marathon? You're teasing me because you know exactly how I felt. I cried for the last kilometer and I couldn't stop I had a massive smile yeah. but so it's the most... tears of joy tears yes. of joy for the yes. last kilometer of the marathon 26 yes. point what is it 26.2 kilometers uh, 22.6 miles, miles right yeah, yeah. and your legs are screaming yes <sighs> your lungs are going you're nearly at the end but it's exciting isn't it it is so, so... but you know what <laughs> to me the most exciting part was deciding to do it and started training so when I started, I think I started six years ago or something like that, I couldn't run more than 20 minutes. Mm. So I started the first few weeks, 20 minutes, then 25 minutes, then 30 minutes, then you know, 40, etc. And I thought, oh my God, this is incredible. I thought I was old and you know, my abilities were diminishing, etc. And then I thought, oh my God, this is incredible how you can you know, improve in anything you try. So, you know, we always do the parallel between sports and business, but, you know, it's the best story you can tell, you know, to a team. I was, at the same time, you know, experiencing my marathon training and stuff with my team at the time and telling them, you know, how it's going, etc. And before doing the marathon, I did the city to surf, I did the half marathon and stuff like that. So it was, you know, a phase of discovery and improvement. And that was, I think, the last kilometer I had on the marathon was the summary of the year of training, where it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is incredible, <laughs> you know? I think when you get older, you think that your biggest asset is, you know, your experience and your maturity, but no, you, you can do anything. Experience new Life things. is incredible. Yeah. yeah, and I think also training for a marathon, because it takes that determination and regularity too, it's like keeping at it, keeping at it, keeping at it. Yeah. Too many people give up too soon, don't yes. you think? And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you keep going and you keep going and eventually you will get there. Yeah. I think that's when you feel the most proud of yourself. When yes. When you do and, get there. And I think it's like, again, the journey is incredible. I remember trying to trick myself into, you know, not giving up. So I want to always do new things. I, I don't like really, you know, repetition. And anyway, so I was trying to trick myself by changing 
the exercises I was doing or the type of training, you know, the Hadoukon when you do heels training and then all that and was... Interval training. Interval training like and all that. I thought that was so boring, but I was trying to, you know, diversify and do cycling, do swimming. I hate swimming, but... <laughs> so I thought the process was incredible and it's, you know... Life, life is like that. I think you find a lot of metaphors with that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can talk running and marathons yeah, for a long hours, time. Hours. But, I yeah, want, no. but now I want to find out something else. Now, yes. this is a completely different thing that yes, you did. I know what you're going to talk While about. <laughs> you were working at Accenture, you went off and you did a bachelor's degree in oh, plastic yeah. arts from La Sabonne in yeah. Paris. What's going on here? Oh, this that was amazing. so exciting. I know, I know. So I thought... I don't want to offend anyone there, but I thought the job I was doing at Accenture, that was you know, one of my first jobs, mm-hmm. that was pretty boring, so mm-hmm. I wanted some excitement. <laughs> so I started going to night classes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're going to love that. There was a group of people with a fabulous teacher who was taking us at night in Le Louvre. Oh. So he was opening the doors just for us, and we were going in the sculptures rooms, mm-hmm. and we were just drawing the sculptures to you know, train on how to draw and draft and stuff. That was absolutely amazing, oh. amazing. To me, it just oh, sounds yeah, so romantic. Yeah, you know what? I got goosebumps <laughs> again because that was just the fact that, you know, you knew it was very special because the, mm. the museum was closed mm. and then, you know, sitting there in front of these beautiful Roman sculptures and stuff, that was incredible. Mm. And then going to work the next day was but average, but... I mean, it's, it, just, it just makes me feel so excited. You know, many, many years ago, my first degree was in graphic design. Oh, here you go. so much coming Unbelievable. <laughs> I am the worst graphic designer you could ever imagine. Yeah, but it's experience again, no? <laughs> and I couldn't even draw a straight line it was so fun I was working in public relations initially and yeah. just as a sideline I was doing all this graphic design and people would laugh because they said Jane you know why is it not quite straight <laughs> and I realized no I don't think that's my career path but plastic but how much did you learn through that though oh, I learned a lot it was yeah. great I think I've got a good eye I just mm. can't actually do it <laughs> but you know what I was rubbish as well really? yeah I don't really draw anything uh-huh. but It's the creative process and then being amongst all these arts and stuff like that, I loved art history. I thought all the stories behind the artist Mm -hmm. and why and I admire people who have a a skill like that, you know, who can draw anything and it looks fabulous. And you know what this also ties into, I'm thinking, is that because you've got that natural curiosity and art is such a innovative and creative yes. yeah, environment, yeah. so you were really surrounding yourself with people who had natural curiosity too, yeah, nice. like yourself. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But what would plastic arts, what is plastic arts all about? What, so what it's, did you do? it's any art like mm-hmm. drawing, painting, also Collage, how do you say mm-hmm. that in English? Collage? Yeah, Collages. Oh, sorry, yeah. it's the same. <laughs> Sounds so better it's... when you say it. Than when you say. <laughs> <laughs> it was just experimenting with different materials and stuff like that, but you also had all normal subjects. You had art history, you had different languages and things like that. That was incredible. Absolutely fascinating. And, and you know what? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. So I was doing that at night and by correspondence, yeah. and then the, uh, the exams were in rooms and stuff like that there was I remember one week in rows like that where you had massive tables like that and you were just doing art for hours and hours and 
I was, I don't know, at the time, I was still young, but all the guys in the room were, you know, between 18 and 20 years old. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Oh, how wonderful. Mm. Oh, that just yeah. oh, gives me goosebumps anyway. just thinking about it. <laughs> the last exams I did, I think I was seven months pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I had, like, my big belly was doing all these things, <laughs> and I felt, you know, in tune with the baby, with the art. And yeah. Maybe the baby would have yes. absorbed Yes, it's not artistic <laughs> at all, though. But, <laughs> well, at least, but he's very creative. Yeah. Like, he's quite, yeah. Well, at least you exposed to exactly. So that's the important thing. Yeah, so now, this career path of yours, you are now the C- chief yeah, procurement to business, officer. We have right? to talk business. <laughs> yes, this is about careers, okay, Joanne? This is about careers now. Back on track. But, I mean, very interesting background. But also you have had such an eclectic life so Exposure, far. Fantastic. Really. So with regard to your path to chief procurement officer here mm. at Caltech, I mean, mm. that's amazing. And everything that you're doing here at Caltech is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I know that you do a lot of speaking. You've won so many awards. Coming up in Melbourne in April, you're going to be speaking at the Women in Procurement. In May, you're going to be flown over to London and you're going to be speaking at the World Procurement Congress. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling a bit nervous just talking to you now. So. No, I'm nervous talking to you. You're so confident and at ease. With that. No, I just like having a chat. But okay, so tell me, for someone who yeah. wants to get into procurement, because right now you are up here so high in procurement and people look at you well okay maybe so but people look at you and really you've got so many accolades you've done an amazing job if someone wants to get into procurement what are they looking for tell me about procurement because not everyone understands what procurement really is yeah i'm not sure i understand yeah So tell me, what's your take on procurement? Yeah, well, it's evolving. So your question is quite interesting for me because I'm not a traditionally procurement. So traditional procurement is very much about creating tenders, issuing tenders, evaluating suppliers and picking the lowest price initially and then, you know, the lowest total cost of ownership. Now I'm trying to go beyond just that process function, trying to look at suppliers in a different light and stop that master-servant relationship that we often have with suppliers and trying to create partnerships where we realise that suppliers are often our biggest assets. They often know a lot more than us, so we can benefit from the relationship and share the benefits of working together. So I'm trying to find people to bring to my team in procurement who have different skill sets than procurement, really. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for people who are well-rounded, who are all about people, all about relationships, and with the mindset of finding opportunities and sharing the opportunities with everyone. Believer in the fact that if you give, you're going to receive back, and if you share, you're going to create more Mm -hmm. value for everyone. Mm -hmm. So... In my procurement world, I'm trying to find people who are business savvy, who are, you know, very curious, very interested, asking a lot of questions so that, you know, they understand why we're buying what we're buying. Are there other ways we can buy to fulfill a need? Trying to, you know, understand better the fits there is with suppliers and also trying to create 
new opportunities outside of traditional what we're doing. Mm. I don't I, know if that was very clear, but... <laughs> no, no, I can see it really has to do with relationship building because I think maybe so often within organisations, different departments view procurement, and you tell me yes. this is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. As really you're just trying to squeeze down to the lowest dollar. Yes. So it's all about the exactly. money and it's analysing this cost versus that cost and yep. then, okay, we'll be able to save so much money in this area. Am I correct? Yes. These yep. are the assumptions. But it sounds like from what you're describing, it's so much more than yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. And so the attraction for young people who you know may be interested in procurement, to me it's that. It's procurement is at the centre of the business and trying to connect different parts of the business, external, internal. There's also a way we can better connect suppliers with our customers because ultimately our suppliers are providing what we're going to provide to our customers. So the attraction is also that it's a moving function, Mm -hmm. trying to reinvent itself all the time. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, interesting times. I'm not happy with that because I don't think I explained that very well, but I kind of develop it. I'm fascinated by what we can do with this. Yeah, there's so much more to procurement than what we see on the surface as well. And so right now, um, how large is your team here at Caltex? It's about 30 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what are the key qualities that you look for (laughs) when taking on someone in your team? It's quite interesting because we changed the way we recruit people. It was in the past very much based on you know how many years of experience do you have in procurement, how many years of experience do you have in this particular category and things like that. Now I'm trying to shift that around and look for behaviours, mindsets, potential, interest, you know, commerciality, but also everything around people. To me, I want people-centric people mm. and I'm looking also for a fit with the team because we work as a team all the time. We support each other. I was talking about you know, creating trust at the beginning. To me, this is very important. The team is very, very critical because we need to have each other's back all the time and fight for each other. Well, fight, I don't like that word. Sorry. Support. Support each other because if you want to create, if you want to be innovative, you're going to take risk. So if you can only take risk if you don't feel that you're threatened. If you feel the trust, if you feel that you know it's okay to fail because you're learning all the time. So I'm looking for these type of people who are also looking for growing, looking for creating real connections, real relationships, and who have a, a growth mindset where they think that everything is possible, everything is an opportunity. Life is fabulous. Life is beautiful. <laughs> but however, I look also for people who are very business-driven, mm. right? They're here for results, they're here for value, they know how to you know, calculate value, they know how to do a should-cost model mm. on you know, how much does this piece of equipment cost by doing research, by interviewing people and getting to the real value of everything. So it's not all la-la land and stuff like that. But it's, to me, it's so exciting. I yeah. can talk about that for yeah. hours. Oh, well, 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 this is why you are who you are right now. But that's interesting. Once they've got that technical capability, they need to have an analytical, that, like really with the technical functional side of it, they need to have the analytical capability. They need to be able to read a spreadsheet. They yep. need to be able to make certain decisions after yep. careful analysis. But then after that, the X factor is 
is the fit? What potential have they got? What their mindset? Are mm. they people, individuals? Yes. Do, will they get along with the rest of the team? Yeah. Are they team players? So that the soft skills are just as important as the technical skills. In fact, maybe once you've got the technical skills, They're more then the soft yeah. skills are more important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so pulling your team together, mm. what are the challenges of a leader? Pulling a good team together. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> well... Because of the type of people I'm after, and you should meet my team, it's fascinating. Because I'm looking for people with huge potential and people who are um, quite humble and they've got a vulnerability to them, that's how you grow. They're very, very challenging to manage. Because of their potential, they always want to grow, they always want to learn, they always want to get feedback. So I love it, though, you know, I wouldn't have it any other ways, but that's my life is that I'm not really involved in too much details about what they're doing. They tr- I trust that they're doing that in a fabulous manner. I'm just here to support them to really use all their potential and grow to their best self. And by the way, it's, I'm talking about millennials at the next forum I'm talking to. Millennials. Because, yes. Millennials, yeah. Sorry, I can't uh-huh. say that properly. Uh, <laughs> that oh, <laughs> How do you say it in French? How do you say millennials in French? I don't know. You don't know? No. You're French. You should well, know. I haven't lived in France for 20 years. I don't know. <laughs> You've still got the accent. Okay, she's trying to say millennials. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so most of my team are millennials. That's quite interesting, and I think that's because of the you know profile I'm after. It's not that discrimination, but they're very, very demanding. They want everything now. They want to grow now. They want to have opportunities now. They want to change the world. They want to save the world, and they want to be good and fabulous at the same time. So it's very demanding. Mm-hmm. They ask a lot of you know feedback and what do you think of that and support and but. It's the best thing I've done so far. Oh, so exciting. I guess also because being reasonably young and curious. No, I'm talking about your team. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sense. (laughs) Let's clarify. Well, you look very young as well. (laughs) Thank God they can't see me. But I think people can tell that it would be a lot of fun working on your team, Joanne. So for them, they're young, they're curious, they've got this, you know, like demanding mindset. They want something more, something Mm. better. How can Mm. we improve this? How can Mm. we improve this? So that's the sort of mindset that you need to be a truly successful procurement professional, yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, Joanne, I could talk to you about everything. I mean, honestly, everything and anything. We haven't even got on to champagne. I know. You know, what it's like to play a violin. But (laughs) But your career journey has been very, very interesting, really eclectic. But I think what you've demonstrated is that embracing change is a good thing. Just before we wind up, could I ask you, what would you consider to be the top three tips for success? Well, I think you can deduct from what I Mm. talked about. I think the main thing... For me, I'm going to talk about, you know, what advice according to how I feel is to find what's unique about you, mm-hmm. what's your why, what do you want to do, what's your uniqueness, and then build a story around that so that you know who you are, you know where you're going. Another one that is super key for me is to be genuine, to be humble, to be vulnerable and transparent about that. Like I talk to my team about all the flaws I've got all the time because I think that's how you can grow and get support from others. Another one that is quite interesting is treat yourself in a gentle manner, like be gentle with yourself. I think it's quite interesting because that's what I see in my team in particular. They're quite harsh with themselves. 
And I think you, know, you mean they push themselves very hard? Yeah, and they think they used to, you know, they should have that. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I got it. I don't know why I've got an issue with that. Mm-hmm. I think you should treat yourself nicely Back as yourself. a Back yeah, yeah, as an appreciating asset. Mm-hmm. Like you're growing, so if you're not happy with yourself now, it's okay. You know, just you're going to be better and better every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so yeah. supportive. So, top three tips is really embrace your uniqueness. Yes. Know and understand your story. Yeah. And then be genuine, be humble. Mm-hmm. And if you're vulnerable, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And also, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, you want to get ahead, but you know, sometimes you need to take a little detour. It's not always just the upward ladder, especially you know, in your career yeah. as well. It's like, okay, if you take a bit of a detour, or if that didn't work out, let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah, and then, those are really, really good tips, especially for millennials. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> but, but also, you know, honestly, I think just working with you would be such an inspiring experience because you're so warm, you're so genuine yourself. You live and breathe, you know, obviously your values. So it's just been such an honour for me to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank for you so much for coming here. Yeah. By the way. And so yes. I just want to remind everybody that you will be speaking in Melbourne at the Women in Procurement yep. yeah, event on the 26th and 27th of April yep. 2017. Yes. And then over in London, there is the World Procurement Congress on the 16th and 17th of May, yes. where we will hear the wonderful Joanne Rossi <laughs> speak as well. And so do you have any parting thoughts for us today? Oh, that was amazing. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I was uh, a bit nervous to do it because I don't like talking about myself, but thank you very much. Oh, that yeah, was your, amazing. To your story you. is so interesting. I think you should talk about yourself a bit more. Actually, we'll have you back on after you come back from London. I would love and that. Tell actually. me, that how would did be amazing. It go? How did yeah. it go, and what did you learn from it? Perfect. <laughs> right, thank you, Joanne. Thank you so much. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free thirty-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. 
Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.